and we're live. We back again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, season three, episode two, stats of matter. Calling all NFL accountants, Tim, because money is a concept. It's not necessary to win championships, but you damn sure better make a lot of it. The cap is made up; it doesn't matter. And now that the stats, see what I did there. In our cuts this week is a double dry hop, double IPA from Richmond, Virginia. Shout out to the Vale. And a double dry hop, New England IPA from Stonington, Connecticut. Beard Brewing in the house. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things sports and beard for beers. And oh find Stats God. Matter wherever you get your podcasts Stitcher, <laughs> Apple, Spotify, and Google. Tim, let's get into the damn show. Been a couple weeks. Uh, your boy had not one, not two, not three. Not four, but like seven midterms that I had to do for college because I'm an idiot and went back to school. So I definitely did. I had two of them that were due last week, and I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get out from underneath the homework. It was bearing. It was, it was crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, I hear you, man. Life uh, sometimes gets in the way, so uh, it happens. It happens. It's all good though. And I got, I got another, I got another ninety. I, I don't get this. I, I really don't get this. I, I was never like a terrible student. I guess I've never, I guess I'm still not a great student, but I did a paper, right? And we had, we had these case studies that we have to do. And uh, they're, they're about trying to define creativity. So the first case study was on an individual. So I did it on Elon Musk and I got a 90 on it. And the guy was like, who graded it? The person was like, yeah, you know, it's timely. It makes sense. But, you, you know, you need to put a little more creative detail in there. You needed to make it not as confusing. All right, cool. I'll organize the paper better. I did exactly what he asked. And on the second paper, I did it a case study on the Seattle Seahawks, which then of course Russ got traded like a couple of days later. So that none of the shit was even useful anymore. And I got the same grade. I got a 90. And this is I will read you, I will read you the grade comments. I'm looking at it right here. Good job overall. That's it. Yeah. I got a 90.63 he said, good job overall. I'm like, what in the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I I can't, but I did everything you asked for, and you gave me the same grade. Oh boy! So I, I did my midterm, and you know, you know, Charles is like, "Oh, sure, it's great." I'm like, "I'm gonna get a fucking ninety on it because all I can do is get nineties in this class." <laughs> uh, so w- growing up in uh, in growing up in California, the sliding scale was—I mean, the grading scale was different. A ninety was like an A minus. That's yeah. That, I'm I'm making I'm making A minus work, and I'm an A minus podcast though. So I I guess it just. It kind of it kind of mends together, so the whole full circle. All right, here we go. Okay, so uh, this weekend met up with uh, with some friends, and we're all pretty geographically dispersed in the Virginia area. So we we made some plans. We said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to go down to Richmond, Virginia. A lot of good food, a lot of good beer, because yeah. that, that's the thing, right? They all love food. They're they're food connoisseurs. I'm the beer guy. I said, all right, I got this perfect place called Mekong. It's a Vietnamese place that's next to the Answer. So if you ever heard of the Answer. You know the, the beers that they make. So it's like yeah. that's Ann Bowie's first restaurant. Um, and we went. The food was incredible. It was unbelievable. The beer was great anyways. And then we went down the street, went to the Vale up there in Scott's Edition. Uh, had some really super greasy pizza and some hazies. I mean, there's really nothing nothing better you can do than that. And that's where I got this from. It's double dry hopped, double IPA. Um, let's see. It doesn't even tell me what this, the kind of hops is going to. It doesn't. But everything that the Vale makes, Matt and the crew there, is incredible. You can see it's very, very nice, nice tangerine, opaque color, good head retention. 
smells like teen spirit beer teen spirit that is. I'm, I'm a little uh disappointed i did not I, n- I never realized how close you were to the answer yet the beer stork has not visited me from the answer okay so um we're in the same state yes but um it's a two and a half hour drive one way assuming no traffic so you know when i go i, I, I make it yeah I, I make an effort but noted noted <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to the stork and we 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 shall see. We shall see. All right. I'll remember, uh, and I, and and I'll I'll keep that in mind when I start uh, visiting the 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 beer factories up here. <laughs> They're all in the Canadian, all in the havens. Um. So for eight percent, you know, I, I gotta say, not bad. Um, this isn't like one of their flagship beers. Um, and you know, the Vale's doing a lot of experimentation right now. I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. It's good. It has a lot of hop bite on the back end though. Um. And once once this beer warms up a little bit, it's probably going to get to be maybe a little too hoppy even for me. I, I love IBUs, but I, I feel like there's a point where you probably get towards the top there. So th- this is good. I'm going to give it a uh, I'm going to give it a three eight. I like okay. it. I had a sour from them yesterday, which I I, I liked a lot more uh, than this beer currently. And then I have a Hornswoggle, which is like their you know sort of like their Gunner's daughter, if you will. It's like their they're big stout that they, they you know, they barrel age and they make all kinds of variants of. So I got that in the fridge. Kind of looking forward to that. Maybe uh, we'll crack that. Watching some March Madness later this week. But yeah, three eight. It's it's good. It's definitely something. I mean, I have a couple uh, in the fridge, so it might it might take me a little bit. This this is really bitter on the back end. So hmm. don't hate it. Don't necessarily, you know, fall in love with it. But it's it's good. It's good. All right, fair enough. All right, so. <clears throat> Beard is a uh, is a local brewery in Connecticut. Um, another one they put out a lot of good stuff. A lot of the restaurants around here tend to carry them. Um, they're one of those like perfectly serviceable breweries where uh, not everything you know is fully refined, but th- they do some nice work. Uh, this one's called Karate in the Water, and it was funny. Uh, I got it because my son, as of late, is all into jujitsu. Uh, mm. By the way, he he has never taken a jujitsu class in his life. But uh, I made the mistake of showing him several months back uh, what an armbar was, <laughs> um, and he was like hooked. Uh, he's got a little bit of dad's, not a little bit. He's got a lot of bit of uh, dad's ADD where uh, he gets an interest in something, and then he's all in, and then you know it's on to the next sooner or later. Um, so he's moved on from Star Wars and everything he said this week in, in this. You can see the new edition behind me, this uh, this helmet mm-hmm. here. Um, that was for him, and he enjoyed it for all of two weeks before he moved on to his jiu-jitsu. For those of you guys who can't see it, uh, I have some collectible merch behind me. Uh, I have a, a, a very sick Mandalorian helmet. I have a Stormtrooper helmet, various action figures. Uh, you can't see it over this shoulder back there, but it's the Captain America from What If, Zombie Captain America. Mm. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, and his Bubba Fett helmet, which is brand new. Uh, and it's been used uh, once. So um, watch out, eBay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I saw this and thought, okay, it'd be fun to get uh, for Brady. So uh, I think we're actually going to sign him up for some form of martial arts. We don't know which one yet. There you go. Yeah, uh, we figured it'd be a nice way for him to channel uh, all of his energy. 
Alright. Smells fantastic. It actually smells like like legit candy. Yeah, it smells like uh like a, a cross between sunkissed and an orange Skittle. Which is amazing because the orange Skittles are the best ones. They taste like orange tea. Yeah, you, know, you know that all the all the Skittles are the same, right? Uh sort of. Depends mm, on which I ones think, you get. I think I've read that. Yeah, I think I read this somewhere that they're all the same. Not they're I can I can guarantee you they're not. At least they're not anymore because they changed green to like green apple. And it's uh, like a legit it's like a legit flavor. Uh orange tastes like an orange tic tac. So there are some like differences now between I think they used to all be the same. Fruity pebbles are all the same. That one's the common mm. one. But Skittles, if you plug your nose and you eat them, they all taste the same. But so actually before I get into this beer, I know what you're talking about. Flavor-wise, they are all the same, but what derives the flavor that you interpret is the smell of the candy. So the fragrance on the, the different pieces of candy is what gives you the, the interpretation of flavor. That's why when you have a cold and you eat something, you can't, it doesn't taste like anything. That's how most food works. But yeah, Skittles, flavor-wise, if you just plug your nose and you put them all in your tongue, they're all going to taste like the same sweet candy. It's the, the, the odor, not the odor. It's the smell that it gives off that uh, determines the flavor of it. So there is a definite difference between them. Try it next time because uh, they changed from lime to green apple, which used to be like a European flavor. I only yeah. know this because uh, uh, a long time ago... Uh, a girl fancied me a little bit and sent me a bunch of candy from Australia. <laughs> and in there was yeah, a green long time apple. Ago, someone fancied you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the last time ever I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how I met her. Uh, anyway, back to this beer. Oh boy. That's a story for another time. My grandfather uh, literally told that story until he died. Hey, that works. <sighs> All right. So smell doesn't match the flavor. Uh, it tastes a little bit more heavy on the grapefruit, which not always my favorite, but then it has like this almost like the flavor just falls off rapidly. So it has this first bitter punch to it. And then it almost feels like a little watered up, like a, like a little watered down. And then it just drops off. A lot of them like tail off and then like this little sort of smooth kick it doesn't you get left with like this mild bitter flavor it's not terrible it's, it's it's not a bad beer but it's not what i expected off of the smell of it i didn't look to see what it was what it was brewed in i crafted this new one style utilizing heaps of flaked oats that's why it's smooth and flaked wheat and we karate kicked it with Australian Enigma hops. Mm -hmm. A profile reminiscent of diced pineapple and fresh squeezed citrus. Okay, so yeah, that's where all that smell comes from. But comes off a little bit more bitter than all of that. Like I, I get where that you know they would describe the pineapple, but it, it definitely feels more bitter than just citrus. But it smells on the nose exactly like what they describe: citrus and pineapple. That's pretty accurate, but. Uh, not bad. I'm going to give this one like a 3.7. 
Hmm. Alrighty. That works. That yeah. works. That works. That works. All right. Well, that's what's in our cups this week. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, the last time you heard from us, I was pretty somber. Russell yeah. Carrington Wilson was no longer a Seattle Seahawk. We went Sad through five stages of grief together. It was uh, it was good. Uh, I've now completely gone through the grief. Um, uh, you know, I I I, I got one of those uh, those volleyballs. You know, painted the face on it like Tom Hanks did. You know, I, I littered and I and I pushed away in the sea. So uh, he is gone. I cannot see him anymore. This is fantastic. Um, it's not really not. But um, look, the minute that happened, I set off a chain reaction, and we got an arms race, and and that was fantastic because that's exactly what you want to see in free agency. We 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 don't really like these teams making these uh, safe moves. And no sooner did Russ get traded, the quarterback carousel kicked off, and goddamn, did it kick off into high gear. Uh, we all know that right before Wilson signed with the Broncos, that Aaron Rodgers, three years, 150 mil. We call it the Rodgers rate, right? Um, Matt Stafford, not too far after that, signed a four-year deal, 160 mil. Um, over 100 million of it was guaranteed. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson, who we'll come back to and we'll talk about <laughs> in a little bit, five years, $230 million, and 100% of it's guaranteed. So clearly, the NFL cap is just going to keep going up, and nobody's going to care about it because it's a fake number. But quarterbacks were the only people who were making money. Vaughn Miller to the Bills, six years, 120 mil. Devontae Adams, shocking mm. trade to the Raiders, five-year, 141 mil, making like 28 mil something uh, on, on the contract. And then Tyreek Hill said, no, I'm not going to sign that extension, Kansas City. And they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to trade. We think we might send you to the Jets. He's like, ha, no. And they're like, well, okay, I guess we'll send you to the Dolphins. So he's now... A Miami Dolphin, four years, 120 mil. Your boy Jimmy G, though, zero. Zero millions of guaranteed money this year, Tim. Mm-hmm. If they cut him, it's a $26 million cap hit. But that's okay because Matt Ryan, who got traded from the Falcons to the Colts, was, was slated to receive like over $40 million this year. And now he's playing for another team, and, and they're not even paying his salary. It's, it's just bananas. Tim, tell me, why, why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep giving these players – these incredible deals where you're really just kind of hamstringing like what you're going to be able to do. Like hmm. you're giving a guy almost a quarter of your cap. Yeah. Like when, uh, when you think about it, I think what we're seeing is sort of the, a response to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, where you get a good quarterback you can count on like, you can put anybody on the field with them and they can make some type of game out of it, right? We saw it over and over with Brady. You just joke around. You put a ball boy out there and he'll find a way to throw it. Rodgers is the same way. Uh, Mahomes finds ways to kind of extend games, even though he does tend to rely a little bit more on some of the high-profile players that are on his team. He still finds ways to to put up numbers. And over the last couple of years, you look at the teams who have been succeeding – and every single one of them has a good quarterback. He used to be able to kind of hide a good quarterback like, you know, Jimmy G, who is a, a, a game manager behind talent uh, around him. You know, run the ball, throw it to Kittle. You know, you, you could make some moves to sort of artificially win games, you know, that your quarterback's going to get credit for, even though it's not necessarily on him, right? They, they won almost as many games with him as they did without him. Um, so it's kind of a... It, it's 
it's kind of like the let's use the work from home situation right now. If you're not going to let someone work from home, someone else is going to let them. If you're not going to pay these guys big money, as we've seen with a lot of these moves, mm. somebody is going to pay them big money to do it. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this plays out long term. You know, some of these teams gave up a lot. They're basically banking on a winning lot. everything in those contracts. Uh, at least in like the first two years, because after that, like what, what else do you have? But I mean, contracts are kind of a funny thing in the NFL where neither side really has to live up to the contract. At any point, you can just opt out and, or you can opt out of a season or you can sit out a season and demand a trade or you can get cut. There's, there's a lot of things that go on kind of behind the scenes to, to, to change how all that, that goes down. So, well, will we see all of these go the full distance? Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't, I don't think we will. Like, do I think Von Miller is going to spend another six years in the NFL on the Bills in one of the most brutally cold places in America? Yeah, the Denver's cold. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. De- De- Denver's cold because like you're you're up at altitude, right? Buffalo is like, what's up? There's the lake. It just sucks. Get used to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so I uh, I don't I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of an interesting time. I think there's a lot of overspending that's happening. I think there's a lot of knee jerk reactions to big quarterback moves, and everyone's trying to strike while the iron's hot. But I mean, in terms of Jimmy G, uh, he was a great game manager. Um, I don't think he was and- a, a great quarterback, and he just he just had like surprise surgery on March eighth. So here you are in the midst of trade talks and what you're going to bring back to the team and where is he going to go and what values you're going to command. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, he just had, I think it was like shoulder surgery. It's like, Oh, surprise. Mm. Here's some shoulder surgery. It's like, ah, Jesus Christ. So now they're stuck. Do we cut them? Do we keep them on the team? I mean, someone will pick them up who that is. I couldn't tell you, but someone's going to, someone will pick them up. Um, I don't know if he's quite ready to be relegated to a backup role again. I know they're, you know, fans are chomping at the bit to to move on and kind of see what they've got in their future. But I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's going to create of like a, a a whole bunch of guys getting paid and then there's going to come a point afterwards where there's going to be like a downfall where folks realize like the Brooklyn Nets for example. And the Lakers, you went out and you spent all the money. You brought oh, in every high-profile guy you can. And where are they? They're all uh, on the they're... outside looking in. <laughs> well, Tim, I mean, the, the Lakers can technically they can win some games and, and uh, win a playing game. Um, they're, they're already they're to... already debating on uh, sitting out LeBron for the last seven games of the season. Yeah, well, you know, hey, tanking is a is an art and is a science. Shout out to Siempre Siempre Sosa. On uh, on the Twitter sphere, okay, he, he he tweeted at us a few days ago now, right? There's there's a Lakers player, DJ Augustine, right? You probably didn't see this. Twenty points, zero assists, zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks, hundred percent field goal, hundred percent from the three point. But that that is a stat. That is a beautiful stat. That doesn't matter. Shout out to CM Persosa. That 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 is fantastic. That is great. But yeah, <laughs> in terms of in terms of football. You can you cannot give that amount of money. There's there's got to be something that's going to happen. It's, it's got to come around the other day. I, you know, we're we're going to see what's going to happen this especially, year. Especially, especially like think that just because you have Tyreek, that all of a sudden you're an AFC contender. I just don't think so. No, and I mean, 
Like, let's dive right into the. Uh, I mean, so Aaron Rodgers, three years, one hundred fifty million dollars. If he's he said going into this, he didn't want a rebuild. Devontae Adams left. I mean, that was his go-to yeah. guy, and yeah. there have been like two other players on that team who have also like set sales. They lost uh, like an offensive lineman. They lost Scanlon. Yeah, it's not necessarily like rebuild territory, but. Like close man, who are you gonna who are you gonna throw to now? So yeah, if I'm him, I'm pissed anyway because you kind of got set up. But that's what happens when you get paid 120 million dollars and what what do you got 120 million in like three years or something like that? 150 million three years? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. But and then then you got you got Stafford because he, he does the same thing in the contract, right? And it's like the Rams said, "Fuck those picks all those years ago." And, okay, cool, but like. You're really just gonna run up on the cap line with like you don't even know if you can bring Aaron Donald back this year. He was like, "Hey, I'm not coming back unless you know Sean McVay comes back." Like, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on in that team. Yeah, you can't throw money at it, right? You just, right. You just can't. They, both Sean McVay uh, and Matt Stafford have come out said they've been actively recruiting OBJ and 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 every and Donald to come back. But I don't know, man. Like, o- at what o- point OBJ? OBJ goes to the team, he wins the championship his first year, and you have to recruit him. To, I, that that don't make no sense to me at all. Well, he's he's seeing what's he sees what's going on around the league. Why not get why not get your bread? I mean, he's 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 Whoa, been banged up pretty much the last few years, Ty, but Tyreek still. Or OBJ, Tyreek or OBJ. Well, everyone's gonna take everyone's gonna take Tyreek, but if OBJ's out okay. there on the table, someone's willing to maybe buy a discount version i mean there is no other tyreek tyreek is uh, a, a one-man band he is it's true a, yeah. a show so you're not going to get any kind of replacement level player for that but if obj's out there there are a lot of teams like the patriots could use someone like that there are a lot of teams that, that no but but they it. have they have nobody to throw to really like there's there's plenty i mean we have the packers they have a, they need to throw to somebody there's there's teams and jarvis landry is still a free agent too yeah, you have the the Bucks. Like, they got some free agents. They may have some. There's a place for a guy who can still contribute, and a guy of that caliber on a good team could still potentially contribute. You saw what happened when he went from the Browns to the Rams. Was he a, a difference maker all the time? No, but it was someone you had to take into consideration, and he made some big plays when they when they mattered. So he's definitely out there. But the one that blows my mind the most. This is one we might as well just dive right into this one. Is mm. the Deshaun Watson deal five yeah. years, two hundred and thirty million dollars? You made almost a hundred million dollars more than Aaron Rodgers, and almost a hundred million dollars more than Matt Stafford. Granted, you got two more years than Rodgers did, but that's a shit ton of money for someone who did not play a single snap. All of last season, and may and not even season. get to play this season. Like that's, and it's yeah. guaranteed. Like unless there's a stipulation in there that if legal means keeps you off the field, we don't have to pay you. Which I haven't heard anything I of doubt the it. sort. I highly doubt it. Yeah, they're literally just like, I, what did you see in the guy that was? Because even even the season before all of this went down. He wasn't having like a blowout season. He was having like a mediocre season. So I don't know what they see that the rest of the league missed in terms of either, you know, what's going on legally, but also his performance to pay that much money 
That is insanity. Yeah. And the fact that it's a hundred percent guaranteed. Wh- what? <laughs> I mean, every 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 time that Kirk Cousins does this, you know, for a two year deal, eighty million dollars, fully guaranteed, we're like what the hell? But like, Kirk gives you a serviceable level, right? Like, like let's just let, let let's just backtrack for a second here. They decline to press criminal charges. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't mean that 22 women just decided to, to come together for coffee and say, you know what we feel like doing today? Fucking ruin Deshaun Watson's life. No one does that. Absolutely no yeah. one. No. So for the Browns, someone who's perpetually been at the bottom of the barrel team-wise, save for all their players giving their, their heart out. That organization just can't figure something out. For them to be like, mm, you know what we should do? We should possibly alienate half of our fan base. And we should bring in a guy that, yeah, we're not going to talk to his accusers because we think that will take the investigation. Uh, what, what, what did you do? Did you call him? Did you call him just ask him? And you just took him at face value? Did you send him a text? You up? Can you answer these questions for us? Like, the fuck is this? Like, five years, 230 mil. Now, if this was five years, like 120, five years, 150, like, it still would be bad. But it is laughably bad that the, the Cleveland Browns were just like, this guy has a clause in his contract. That if he gets suspended this year, that all the all the money comes out of like his salary, like and and he he found a way to reduce his boilerplate language in his contract that pretty much he won't lose any money. Like this is this is terrible. This is sending the completely wrong message as as the NFL is wanting to grow the game, wanting yeah. to make um you know the game more open and inclusive to women of color. Um, referees, people in front offices, all that shit. And then you give Deshaun Watson a five-year, $230 million contract, and, you know, Goodell's like, Mom, we're going to have to let the investigation take its course. Like, no. You, you yeah. threw the hammer at Zeke Elliott. You, you threw the hammer at many other players. And it, this, this just seems – it has nothing to do with race or anything like that. It has everything to do with the fact that money talks, and Cleveland was like, we don't want to go into next year with Baker. And we're not going to win a lot of games. Some of these other quarterbacks are out of here. So, like, when the idea was floated out that, you know, Watson could rebuild his legacy by, like, you know, changing a franchise. I, okay. Watson's legacy is always going to have this next to it. Now, I don't care if the guy wins four, you know, Lombardi trophies. This is going to be an asterisk that rightfully so needs to be stuck next to his name for, for the rest of the time. You know what I mean? Like, just because 22 women decided that they didn't want to press criminal charges – might have had something more to do with the fact that they've seen how women get treated in America when they speak out about these things. And they're the ones who have to pay for it at the end of the day. So maybe they decided to civil, you know, lawsuit something out of out of court. I, I don't know, right? But maybe, I mean, it's not far-fetched. Maybe that's why he got all that all that money. But still, why? Why why would you pay the guy? He, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't play a single football game last year. Yeah. At all. And guess and he, what? He's risking missing many games this year. Like, and guess no guess what? Uh, guess what? His record was for twenty twenty. Below five hundred. Four and twelve. Yeah. So you took a four and twelve quarterback who didn't play a single snap for a year, and you gave him your franchise label. Like you're our guy. Yeah. That, I mean, imagine being Baker Mayfield right now. And what that feels like is like. Hold on. I was so bad that that's what you went and did to replace me. Like, obviously, they can't I, sign Baker. Field. They can't do anything. Game. Yeah, we won our we won our first game in every in the city. Got Bud Light. Remember that? Like, you know, they they do all these things and they just say, 
uh, no, you know what? We're going to go ahead and risk the farm. But, you know, Baker's still our guy. We, we still love him. The fuck you do? Let that man go. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, we, we can't let Baker explore a trade. Why? Because you're worried about the quarterback you just gave an eighth of your franchise? Total yeah. value? You just, you just gave the keys to this dude, and he's probably not going to play this year? Like, 22 women don't come together to do something like that. Yeah. They just don't. 22 people don't get in a room and say, we're going to fuck so-and-so over. They, yeah. Like, where there's smoke, there's fire. And the NFL is going to get to the bottom of it. If there's anything, right? When the NFL does dole punishment out, it doesn't matter how long it takes, but they dole the punishment out, right? Happened with the Flategate. Happened with, jeez, um, a, a lot. Well, the, the Josh Gordon thing, the Tyreek thing, right? You could go back. The NFL has very clearly made it uh, a thing that you can have off-the-field issues until it becomes a problem for us. Had there been anything that was not maybe in a consensual or could be construed in a central light, like what happened with Ray Rice, Watson would not get this contract. Watson would not even be even being discussed. It wouldn't even be happening. Uh, but that goes again to speak back to the way that we treat um, victims of this type of violence. And we just go, mm, you know what? I think we should just destroy their fucking character. And then uh, the guy walks away scot-free. Mm-hmm. Like you need that asterisk there on top of it. So whatever the Browns think they're going to do, cool. I mean, they're going to win like five or six games this year. And even if they win 10, even if they win 12, even if they go to the Super Bowl, like, who's going to be in the stands to watch them? There are true Browns fans who are, like, conflicted. They do not want this for their franchise. And you're tied to them for the next five years, 230 mil. Right. And then he went and traded for Jacoby Brissett on top of that. So now you're sitting on, like, mm. three quarterbacks. The three quarterbacks. That, the, only way, quarterbacks. the only way that works is you're going to have to – they're going to have to do some, like, crazy restructuring and find a way to uh, offload him without whoever picks him up having to pay any sort of – money towards his guaranteed salary for next year uh so yeah. I, I i he'll land somewhere and he had surgery in january for like a torn labrum so i think you'll be okay he'll go somewhere but like how much of a how how bad do you have to feel right now knowing that uh <laughs> you were replaced by somebody who may not even play this season and another yeah. backup you weren't even like given yeah. the chance to be the backup if you wanted to like see how this panned out, it was like, no, no, not only are we going to replace you, but we're also going to bring a backup in who's you know been okay for some other teams. So, but we're not going to let you go. We're not going to trade you right away. We're going to take a, a very cautious, patient approach. It's clear now that they're going to trade him. Just how it is that they work this out. I think they did the same thing with OBJ, where they restructured his contract enough so that when they traded him away, the team that picked him up wasn't on the hook for much of the, the guaranteed salary, and then it ended up, you know, pulling in all kinds of interest to go along with it. So, I don't know, man. It's it's a wild west out there right now. It's a wild west. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a bad look for the NFL to, to have that kind of... I mean, at this point, they took a firmer approach and a more aggressive approach on Deflategate and some of the other domestic abuse allegations that went on that had, like, one person involved. Uh, yeah. But this seems to be like a hands-off approach. Let's just see how it plays out. But in the meantime, let's pay this guy a bazillion dollars to... Mm. Like, the dude is going to make a quarter of a billion dollars. Like Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. For potentially not playing football. Like, what if it's, it comes in Bobby he's Benilla terrible? Contract. That's what it is. It's a Bobby Vanilla <sighs> contract. What if he comes in and he sucks? I hope he does. 
hope he does. I mean, me too. I hope he does. Then you're paying a guy out of out of your mind the money for not doing anything. Like I hope he comes out and he just bombs it. I don't wish ill on anybody, but where there's smoke, there's fire generally. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have opinions on, you know, the Me Too movement, everything going on. I don't give that that does not matter. Same as a hundred percent correct. These twenty women didn't start a Facebook page to say, Hey, let's see who wants to come out and, and ruin this man's career. It was yeah. One or two people came out, and then that helped other women feel empowered to come out and say, you know what, I'm glad somebody said this, I was the same way, I didn't know how to approach the situation, and then it kind of, like, more people have come out and said it. I know, you know, some people come out and they say good things about him and whatnot, but it's, you know, unfortunately, the court of public opinion is a real thing. Uh, you haven't really done yourself much of a service, you know, up until this point. And, you know, I I tend to stand by the folks who come out, like, in numbers for allegations like that. Those aren't small allegations. It's not like saying you're not paying your housekeepers, which would be shitty. But it's not, it's not like your landscapers and housekeepers and the people around your house came out and like, oh, he wasn't paying us enough. These are people and women accusing you of doing some pretty heinous shit. So, uh, in my opinion, yeah. I don't think you should be rewarded for that kind of behavior. So, they should have... Yeah forced it to resolve uh, legally prior to allowing him to sign a massive contract like that. They could have built in stipulations to say, once this clears. Yeah. Well, there's supposed to be a moral clause, right? And in all these contracts, there's, there's supposed to be, because that's how like Randy Gregory got like booted from the Cowboys because he failed a drug test or something. Right. So like you can lampoon it in HBO ballers because of the way that the cold business of football is, but the cold business of football is what helps us win at the end of the day. As someone who's morally objectionable, cool. Five years, buck twenty. Let's go. Like, yeah, like you, you get nothing for business ethics, you know, in the NFL. It's it's super unfortunate. A um, couple things I want to manifest before we move on to some other NFL news. Um, get our, get a little prayer circle out here. I'm not religious, but uh, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> please get traded to Seattle. I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced Drew Locke is is the future. And I also read some pretty fucking cryptic and uh, upsetting reports that DeKale and Metcalf might be traded. And I just oh, want yeah. to just say on the record, if that man goes anywhere, I will probably boycott the first three games of the season. And, <laughs> and I'll, make, I'll make a decision after that. But this whole, we're going to look at you in the face and we're going to say, oh, yeah, always compete, always compete. Oh, yeah, we're not rebuilding. You give up fucking DeKale and Metcalf, we got problems, Seattle. We got fucking problems, capital P. So don't do that shit. Don't do it. What do I do with my jersey then? We might need to have like a little like little seance and just put the, put the jerseys in and just burn them. You know, not, not put on. Oh, well, oh, 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 come on, come on, come on. <laughs> well, geez, hey, after I buy that Brady jersey, I, I might want to burn it. So you know what I mean. The, the picture will be forever, but I, I can't. Yeah, right. Your team's getting blown up. You are like one season away from being an undercover Brady fan. Don't lie. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Oh boy. Well, we'll, we'll talk about Tom Brady here in a second because he he's got to have a new coach here. Um, I do got to say, Matt Ryan did everything for Atlanta, mm-hmm. and him going to the Colts. I understand people think from a fantasy perspective, from a sporting perspective, might not be the best, but like that's great for them. Matt Ryan is a much better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and. Shout out to Matt Ryan for doing everything that he could in 14 years in Atlanta. And he was in one of the most spectacular Super Bowl collapses of all time, right? But that wasn't only on him. 
that was on the team. And he, he did end up losing to the greatest quarterback and coach of all time. So, like, you know, when you go back and look at it, does it suck? Yes. But I'm really happy that he gets to hopefully ride out to the sunset um, in, another, in another dome and, and, and play for Indy. But it's also very funny that Carson Wentz is now the Washington Commanders quarterback because they thought they were in on Aaron Rodgers. They thought they were in on Russell Carrington Wilson. And now they end up with a guy who they used to face in the division anyway. So <laughs> I also I also don't know why. I really don't know why uh, everyone is just so down on Carson Wentz. Like he played a pretty decent season last season. It wasn't like he got blown out of a lot of games. I had been saying at the end of the season that they were a team that was much better than we were giving him credit for. I'm looking through. He also had a fantastic offensive line in Jonathan Taylor. Sure. Let's, let's not, let's not make it, let's not make it, you know, as if he, he did all the work himself. Like if I were to ask you, you have two free agent quarterbacks for the Indianapolis Colts. You have Wentz, Cam Newton. Who are you taking? Wentz. Wentz, Baker Mayfield. That's a toss-up, but like, hear me out. Last season, mm. they had... It's a toss-up, but it ain't Wentz. No, no, okay. Last season, they had eight losses. Two of those losses were in overtime to the Titans and the Ravens. Okay? Uh, they had... Uh, they blew that, but that. You're, I think you're, you're downplaying the fact that they had such a big lead against the Ravens, they never should have lost that game. But it's the Ravens, and it's Lamar Jackson. Like That is a team that should blow out a lot of teams. Okay, they played the Rams at the beginning of the season. They only lost by three points. Then they went in and almost beat the Bucks. They lost by a touchdown, and they won three in a row. What's that? No, that one wasn't in overtime. And then they won three in a row, and then they lost to the Raiders and then the the Jaguars in the last game. But like, Yeah, but again, the the win and you're in – Colts, you only have to beat the fucking Jags, and you can't do it. And not only do you not make it to the playoff, but like they still get the number one overall pick. Like, but they, they did beat but the Jags already. They beat the Jags earlier in the season, and they they smoked the Houston twice, thirty-one to zero and thirty-one to three. They beat the Dolphins. Uh, they played well enough against. Actually, they played well against the Titans. Like there wasn't. I don't know. There's nothing in looking through his season last. I mean, they beat the Cardinals at the end of the season. Like they put up points mm-hmm. against yeah. some great teams. Mm-hmm. They smoked the Bills, forty-one to fifteen. So, like, sure, it was Jonathan and Taylor they got part of that. Smoked by the Jags when it counted at the end of the season, twenty-six to eleven. Sure, but it's the end of the season. And you're the Jags. When you're in, like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I know, I, that- I think people have, I, th- I think people have short term memories and they look at that one scenario as like, oh, you're right. That's, that's all it is. When really he had a pretty decent season last year and everyone like just forgot about it. It's like he, he didn't have a great game. He missed one game all season. One game. That was it. All right. He had a 62.4 completion percentage. He 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns. Like he, he had an in, uh, he only had seven interceptions on the entire season. That's like less than Tom Brady had for an entire season. So like, there are a lot of positives that could be taken away from that season that everyone seems to have just completely disregarded as a thing. Just 
Tim, do me a favor. Look at the photo, the official team photo of him wearing his Washington Commanders Letterman jacket, where he's staring at the camera, looking like he's dead inside. Right? You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, he keeps had... getting traded. <laughs> he can he can walk away from football, but uh, he's got more to give, man. He's gonna. Well, I mark my words. Mark my words. That that man is going to. Uh, uh, well, depending on how that team forms around him, like going from exactly. Indy to Indy yeah. to that team, <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you can sh- you know polish it all you want, but you can't shine shit, you know. So I feel mm-hmm. like this is going to be a big setback for him. But if he had stayed, I think with the Colts, the the chances of having uh, an even better season than he had last season, I think would have been pretty high. But you know, crazy. Everyone loves right. to hate uh, hate on Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yep, uh, and I'll continue to do it. Uh, you know, even if he was the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, I'd, I'd still do it. But uh, all right, speaking of quarterbacks, Tom Brady's head coach Bruce Arians stepping down, mm-hmm. no longer the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is the defensive coordinator Todd Bowles gets a second shot of being a head coach with a crazy good team, and Arians is moving into the front office. I always thought that Arians was a, a fantastic evaluator of talent. Anyways, he's known as a quarterback whisperer. This is a good move for the Bucs because it sets them up for success even when Tom Brady leaves because you're going to keep a lot of the brain trust in the building and you're going to build a successful program, a successful culture. And Arians has had some health stuff that he's wanted to you know, alleviate. Who knows? But clearly the guy doesn't want to leave the sidelines. So he wants to be in the building. I think it's a fantastic move. I think Todd Bowles is a great defensive coach. And I think that this is a great, great move for the Buccaneers because Tom Brady's coming back. So are most of the other players. So, like, do something with that this year. You know what I mean? And maybe uh, Jason Light will be moving on, won't be the GM anymore, but Arian's having some sort of football role. Eh, I like it. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I mean, when he was the Arizona head coach, you know, had feelings about him, but, like, you can't discount what he's done in Indy, what he did in Pittsburgh, and, you know, how he turned around the Cardinals. And then how he it won, it won a championship with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, he, he is a guy who can change the culture uh, yeah. for the better. So, good for him. Yeah. Uh, he, did, he did come out and say, quote, if you think this is about my health, stop. It's not. I feel the best I've felt in years, unquote. So, that's not it. I, I feel like he I feel said like that before this is a – No, nah, I feel like this is a – this is a re- – this is a retirement, I think, for all intents and purposes, but just kind of way to keep him involved because he's the uh, senior football consultant. It's going to be his new title. <laughs> so, like, so I would, would love to know, like, here, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I'm a consultant. I'm 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 here to consult and 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 basically sit around and talk shop with everybody. Maybe help with the draft process or suggest ideas maybe it's a way of being involved without having to stand on the sidelines i don't know it feels it feels a little bit like a retirement but um shout out to todd bowles the defensive coordinator he got promoted to to the head coaching position so that's a phenomenal move um uh that that you love to see so yeah absolutely all right so hey real quick no no real quick before we move on i have to i have to ask you something would you have said that the offensive uh, receiving core for Seattle was better than the Colts were? Yes. Yeah? With DeKalon and Tyler Lockett, 100%. Right. So then why 
did Russell Wilson do worse than Carson Wentz last season? Finished six and eight with a sixty four point eight percent. I would point you to Peter Clay Carroll, who likes to run the ball, run the ball, take some shots mm-hmm. downfield, and then play defense. That's what I'm going to say. And I think you'll see it in Denver this year. I really think he will. Mm-hmm. No way you can go with from you know Peter Clay Carroll to uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who worked with you know Aaron Rodgers for as many like, years as he did. Like, we're, I feel like you're deflecting a little you, bit you here. Want, no, no. You, you want to? <laughs> this, this is funny. I, yeah. Well, he, Russ's finger also exploded off of Aaron Donald's bicep, so you're like that had something to do with it too, right? Yeah. You know, Smith was out there tossing it to him. So Seahawks Twitter, part of it, love it. It's it's very petty at times. Um, Russ likes to put all his like moto videos out. So he put a video of him throwing to uh, Jerry Judy last week. Because um, you know he has a he has a football field, like a practice field at his house. And um, someone from Seahawks Twitter like said, "Bro, I've looked at every Russell Wilson video from 2018 to now. He never put Broncos. You know, like, he never put Seahawks in the end zone ever. It was always Russell Wilson as like logo." This year, fucking Broncos logo on the end zone. They're like, I hate Russ now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's, that's where we are. We're 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 going. Yeah, he is, and you know, good for him. But he, like, he's got his new catchphrase. Oh, Broncos country, let's ride. No, Russ, let's not ride. Okay, let's not do that. Just win some damn football games. Why does it? Why does it? Why does it? Why does it have to, why does always have to have a catchphrase? I don't know. Let Russ cook. What happened? To, what happened to all those uh, <laughs> trademarks? Uh, well, he did trademark it. He did, he did trademark. Then he burned the kitchen down. Um, I, I, you know, it's a good question. I don't know why. I think that the T. Y. Hilton for the Colts, great receiver, will definitely lost a step. Um, Pascal, speedster, couldn't really connect up. Right. Uh, and then who was the other guy that was their slot receiver? His last name starts with a W. I'm spacing at the moment, but. Like they they usually use Naheem Hines, Jack Doyle, um, and then the other tight end, along with Jonathan Taylor, to just like hit you know short routes out in the flat and whatever. So like that's kind of what what Carson got known for. Like just you're not going to take those deep bomb shots like you're used to. He's just going to take the short to intermediate routes. And I think, but his longest of the season was guy, longer than Russell Wilson's. Again, Russell's <laughs> finger exploded like the Big Bang. Okay, so you know. Uh, I in mean, I'm just, I'm all I'm saying is there seems saying, you're lucky to be I love you because you just compared Russell Carrington Wilson to Carson Wentz and acted like one of them was a better quarterback. I, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about the season because yards per attempt 7.8 to 7.5 out for like three games after his finger exploded. Okay, he shouldn't have come back as early as he did, but he uh, did. Okay, because he cared about. He cared about us. I mean, his legacy until, you know, it was very clear. Uh, Move on, Tim. Move on. Jesus. Oh, my God. Do you know what his QBR was? Comparative to the two, their QBR rating. Do you know what it was? 54.7. Okay. Who do you think had 54.7? Probably Russell Garrett and Wilson. They both did. They had the exact same QBR rating last year. (laughs) So... In that case, I take Russ. I always take Russ. I'm just, I'm just saying, just saying. Let's, let's, anyway. let's talk some basketball here. Let's talk some basketball. March Madness yep. is uh, nearing the end. We're, we're getting to the final four here. Um, men's and women's. It has, exp- it has gone just a little bit as you, as you would think. I want to say just a shout out to the fucking Stanford Cardinals and the Yukon Huskies. Mm. They're going to give us one of the best final four matchups. Anna Wilson, Russell Wilson's uh, sister, plays for Stanford. That's going to be a fantastic game. But 
His Gino, sister? Yeah. Like 10 he, years apart? She's point guard. Yeah, and Anna, Anna Wilson, Anna Willie. Yeah. But he's 33. How old is she? I don't know. Enough, young enough, young enough for college. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So the UConn women's basketball team, they have a perennial, perennial set of talent. Uh, Paige Becker's their their player who Gino said is like the next Diana Tarazi, got injured, missed the majority of the season, came back in the postseason, and has been absolutely killing it. And they beat a team the other night. They beat NC State in double overtime, and it's the first time it's ever happened in the Elite Eight or higher. And it was a beautiful game. Uh, mm. Chelsea and I watched it. It was unbelievable. I happened to meet Gino um, in Atlanta in December. No one else in the hotel bar knew who he was. I bought him a drink. They lost to Georgia Tech like bad like two days later. So I kind of blame myself for that. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was a bad talisman, but like Gino and the Yukon Huskies have gone to the fine, to at least the Elite Eight or Final Four every year since 2002. Tim, when did you graduate high school? 2001. The fucking Yukon Huskies have gone to the, the fucking penultimate part of the dance every year since you left high school. Since I left high school in 2005, since I graduated from college in 2011, since I'm, I'm now in getting my master's degree, like, every single year. Unbelievable dominance. Even if you don't have the best players on the court, which is kind of, like, crazy to think because UConn has had some down years. Um, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. They lost a player that wasn't going to be able to play the rest of the dance, and they, they have page back. Like, the team is, is, is wild. I, I, think they, I think they're a threat to win it all. But, of course, uh, we will see what happens Friday night. It's going to be great. On the men's side, we finally got the UNC-Duke matchup that I think we've all been waiting for. Um, and I think Coach K really wants to wipe this, you know, the bad taste out of his mouth when it was his home, last home game and UNC beat that ass. But that's not even the most disappointing thing about the dance. Uh, it is the Peacocks, Tim. It, it is the Peacocks, right? It, yeah. They were going to be the Cinderella seed. Anakin, you were supposed to be the chosen one. You were going to do it. And mm -hmm. then they got bounced the first time they played a team that uh, really wanted to give back. So that was great. You're thinking, yep. all right, they're set up for the future. But then, breaking news, Sam, what happened? Uh, the coach. Uh, so first, uh, he led them. So Shaheen uh, Holloway led the first 15 team to the Elite Eight ever. Ever, which is an impressive run. I thought I didn't realize how long he'd been there. He's been there for four years. Um, they've done well almost every year that he's been here. But uh, sadly, not long after they get bounced from March Madness in the the Elite Eight, uh, he decides to move on. He gets an offer for Seton Hall in their head coaching position, and has taken it. He was a former player and an assistant coach there, so. Uh, he said this is kind of a, a full circle moment for him, uh, kind of going back to his alma mater. But I can't help but think, coming off of the historic run, all the hype that went around it, you know, the way he talked about supporting his team and the players and everything, is this a little bit yeah. of a dick move? Uh, yeah. Like yeah. this soon, like or or should you have waited and maybe announced that like a little bit down the road? Do you think that, like, I'd have to take a look at the team because I wasn't really paying attention um, to their makeup. I was just paying attention to that dude who looked like the uh, the Sam's Club version of Drew Timmy from Gonzaga because he had the mustache and 
he talked this isn't this isn't over for us like we're looking at we're looking at what's next all stuff like okay dude heard this before love seeing the jersey team kind of stand up when you get on the mic and you say yeah we're not scared of anyone we're from jersey we can hit yes we know that you can handle anyone we know you can handle it and street ball on the court too but you faced a team that fucking smacked you in the mouth from the jump and you didn't you didn't respond back so like for the coach to leave and go back to his alma mater, it lessens this thing a little bit for me. Uh, but my goodness, um, just oof, oof, did not did not see that coming. Celtics are also going to lose, which is maybe a good or a bad segue because we're going to talk about them for a quick sec here. But uh, yeah. Tim, who, who do you got winning uh, men's and women's uh, overall? Um. I have, this is probably the least I have ever followed March Madness. I have had the craziest schedule work-wise that I've had in a, a very long time. Uh, and as a result, when I get home on my off days, I just have not been watching uh, anything. So I didn't even do a bracket this year, which kind of kind of hurts me. But um I I don't know. I don't know. I would I always like Louisville. I I have picked them high in a lot, but it's really hard to go against Connecticut. Uh women's Connecticut. But Right, um, right. I was like I was like they're definitely not in the final four bracket. So I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, Louisville? I was looking at the men's, but yeah, yeah, Louisville versus uh, <laughs> so, but, the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah, South Carolina, Louisville, <laughs> um, and it's Connecticut, uh, Stanford. Um, I like yep. I like some of the spunk from Stanford. They they interviewed him after the game, and um, one of the players was really cl- close to Kobe, and they asked, you know, like what Kobe would have said, and it's like, you know, just go out and fucking win it, and like very impassionate, but I guess I'm, I'm somewhat impartial to, you know, I, I live in Connecticut. Uh, I've been, you know, a passive college basketball fan for a long time, both men and women. And, uh, I tend to root for Connecticut whenever they're in, just cause they're the hometown and let's be real Boston college. And, and those teams are just not, <laughs> they're never making it. True. So, uh, I think by default I'll probably go Connecticut. I wouldn't be surprised if if Stanford ends up pulling it out, but I'll 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 put my money on uh I'll put my money on Connecticut. If I was going to put all my right, money on all it. All right. So then uh w- what about for the men's bracket? What, what do you think there? What do we got? We got Fresno State. We uh <laughs> what? We men's? For the men's bracket? Yeah, yeah. Fresno State Coastal plays tomorrow. What oh, is that one? Good. No, no, no. You're, you're you're talking about a whole different tournament, man. Like the, the Constellation Tournament. No. Oh, the, the yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, and UNC. Kansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was joking around at the start of all this saying it'd be Villanova because I watched a bunch of drunk people on a, on a video, like falling all over the place voting for Villanova, and I'm like, that's oh, destined to be. But, um, I don't know. This is one I haven't followed. I mean, the men's is I, I followed even less than the women's did. Uh, I didn't even follow the, the St. Peter's. So I'm just gonna throw a random guess out there. I'm gonna go uh, UNC. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go Duke. Um, 
for for the men and UConn for the women's. Obviously, um, I think that uh, UNC is a is a very very good team, and I think this has been a grudge match that we've been wanting to see for a long time. If it was Roy Williams coaching this version of this UNC team, I think I might be a little bit hairier about it. Right? Their uh, their new coach, he's a firebrand. I absolutely love it. He went into Duke's house, absolutely smacked them. They own the Tobacco Road bullshit talking challenge for at least the next couple of years. But I do think <laughs> all things considered that like the players are trying to do something for Coach K that, that's not been done, right? They, they want to win the student championship and send them out on on the highest. And I can completely understand that. I, I think it's cool. And I think it would be a nice way to, to end the crazy March Madness. So that's why I'm going to go Duke. Uh, I will probably watch the last few games. I know the UNC Duke game is going to be a good one. Uh, my schedule is finally easing up a little bit, and I'm not working like 20 hour days, so uh, I'm going to make time for some of these. All right, well, I think. Well, I, I guess we'll know, you know, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, okay, let's go. Co- talk co- about co- let's go Coastal, Fresno State. You know. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Here we go. Uh, let's let's talk about the Celtics real quick. Even though they kind of shit the bed tonight, um, that thing that thing happens. Um, look, I, yeah. Oh boy, I'm like, I just it's the end of the fourth. They lost 106-98 to the Heat, but the Heat are number one in the, in the division, and so now they're two games back. They were one game back going into this game today. Um, they're half game back from the Milwaukee Bucks, so they're eight and three over the uh, the last ten, the last eleven games. 21 and 17 away, 26 and 12 at home, right? So you don't like to see the away splits, but like when we talked last season about Coach Coach Ime Udoka coming aboard, there's a lot of hype. And I was like, you know, I think he's I think he's gonna change the makeup of this team just a little bit. Uh, and then there were some early, you know, season struggles out the gate. And then this team has whooped ass when it needed to count. And I think that what Ime has finally got to the players, and I and I think they respect him. I mean, just even look at Tatum just having a couple 50-point games in the span of like a month. You know what I mean? Whereas like mm-hmm. like he used to be good for those 30, maybe to have a 40-banger. But like a 50-banger, a 50-burger a is like something that is just that, – that's like LeBron territory. You know what I mean? Like it just – it doesn't make sense at all. And mm. I love to see the way that this team has turned around. I think third in the division right now. That's fantastic. If the season were to end today – they're not playing in, right? They get they get a chance to face a lower seed. So I like how the team is set up to rebound. Brad Stevens is still in the building, right? Mm-hmm. He's making basketball decisions. But Ime, he's the coach. He is the coach. And I, and I feel like finally, for the first time in, 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 a, in a couple of seasons, I feel like it's good to like, you know, talk some shit when you like you, you see some like some Philly fans or some New York fans <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, we got the best team. And you go, ah, okay, all right. You're paying old boys a lot of money, okay? And we're not. And by the way, Tatum is the truth. This is I, smart. I, and Daniel Tice came back. You know what I mean? Like that's what I that's what I keep just, saying. I like when they have these scrappy teams that aren't filled with a bunch of like. I mean, at this point, I don't think you could not classify Tatum as like a marquee sort of borderline superstar player. But they're not stacked with a full team of these guys. They tend to play a lot better when it's a little bit more. You know, not not underdoggy, but a little bit more quiet. You know what I mean? And I think this is one of those teams that is, I think, right up there with that. So uh, I, I had my doubts earlier in the season. They were losing, a, a, like, a 
a stretch at a time. They weren't losing like a game and then winning a game. They would lose like four or five in a row and then kind of bounce back and to see where they've come now. Like it's it's very hard to deny that they are not a quality team and their chemistry seems to be sort of finally kind of putting it all together and everyone seems to be meshing well. So fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that there's gonna be something that uh that that really kind of gets this team further in the postseason. And 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 make make no mistake about it, since the Ben Simmons trade, the the seventy sixers have looked like a completely different team. Um yeah. and they are a tough team. So for, Well Simmons is out now, isn't he? Isn't he out for the rest of the well, season? Well yeah, I mean well yeah, because he, he talked about not being, you know, mentally ready or physically ready, like whatever, good for them. But like Philly got that 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 player off their back and now what they're doing is they're playing to the level of expectation i think they've always thought of themselves they're like nah we're not we're not the tanking philly team anymore we're gonna go in we're just gonna fucking punch you in the mouth and we're just gonna play some hard-nosed basketball and the fact that the Celtics have been able to win some scrappy battles now granted harder wasn't playing so you know you look at that you look at the warriors win where steph wasn't playing or, or draymond wasn't playing like you'll you'll take those dubs especially in a very crowded division. Because as you mentioned on the top of the podcast episode, you, know, you have the Lakers, who are in 10th right now, fighting to possibly play in. And that's just a unbelievable fall from grace um, because there's so much parity that's in uh, in the NBA right now. And I think all things considered, it's actually it's actually gone pretty well. So I, I like it. I think that um, it will be good for the Celtics to... Even if they let, let's say this, let, let's say they go to like the the Eastern like uh, like divisional, you know what I mean? They don't they yeah. don't make it to the conference finals, but they lose before. That's a fantastic year for for a first year coach coming out of COVID, coming out of the bubble, coming like all of that stuff, right? Like th- that sets you up for the future. That that means that guys like Tatum, Brown, Smart, maybe if if they weren't already under contract, if someone else is trying to push them away, they go, Nah, you know what? We're building something here. I don't feel like leaving. I think we we have something going on. That I want to go ahead and and just keep keep working on. So I think I think that's really really good. But at the end of the day, like there are not a lot of great coaches in the NBA, mm-hmm. right? There just aren't. If you look at the Lakers for as an example, they just keep rotating through coaches, and everyone says it's because they don't get along with LeBron. But like LeBron's been in the game longer than some of these guys have been coaches, so they're only yeah. going to, to to be able to get to him to a certain point. Now it would be fantastic. I know Becky Hammond signed a, a you know a, a deal to coach the WNBA, but like. She could easily have taken over an NBA franchise and been much more knowledgeable than most coaches. Like, how many? Yeah, how many? Get up there with the Nets and how many? Uh, how many more losing seasons before LeBron hangs him up? You know, that's a good question. He did get the Razzie this weekend for Space Jam too, so I mean, he's, he's getting more hardware. There. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but um, yeah, you got to think about it. Like there was all that rumor that came out that he wants to like play with Bronny Junior, right? So pretty much like if Cleveland was that bad and they were able to draft him, that he would go back to Cleveland and play with his son. I, as a basketball fan, it, it's, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Right. Like yeah. someone wanting to play with their son that bad and like willing to, you know, let their son's legacy take off on the back of, of theirs coming to an end. I, I think that would be incredible. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, he's still the go to me. He beat the 73, nine warriors. Like he had help, but like, He's still got to go the distance. He's been to he's been to more finals in, in a lot lot, lot longer uh, time frame. He's very consistent, and at the end of the day, I think what LeBron has done for basketball is much bigger of an impact. Like Mike brought the game to the world, LeBron commoditized it, and LeBron made it so that Nike is the is the undisputed 
you know, number one in the power rankings for for basketball. And you don't I think, think Mike? To be you don't think Mike did that with the Jordan brand? Considering no, I, I think, considering he's been out of the league for as long as he has been, and yet off they the court, still off the court, yes, off the court, yes, right. But you know what I mean? Like people, I, I just there are people that wear the retro, you know, Jordan ones because they want to make a statement, but no one's out there rocking them every single night, right? So it's it's like to to me, there's just something about the torch not being passed, but the torch just like I mean, Durant said something the other day, I think in a podcast that's on social media, and he was like, you know. Why are we comparing these players like they're not the same? They're played in different eras, everything like that. But like the game has moved at a linear pace, right? And then whenever there's been uh, a, a big change or like with with the, the the bigs, right? Then then the big three came up. And all of a sudden now we're going back to smaller players who can do, do nothing but shoot from three. So like it's it's great to see the sport reinvent itself, but we're never reaching exponential heights. LeBron took us there because he went from high school. Now, if... If Jordan had gone and never played at UNC, wouldn't be a debate. It wouldn't because he went to the league, he won six championships, and that's it. But at at at, at that time, well, could, and I could, think my, my thinking has been really influenced by by watching the last dance, like the team was ruthless in the way that they put it together. And basketball now just isn't built that way. Not with contracts, not with, you know, people getting endorsement deals and trying to just pretty much like cement their own legacies. It's very difficult to win more than one championship. So do you think uh, – are you saying that you don't think he would have had the same level of success if he didn't go to college? Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that was that was one takeaway that I got from uh, The Last Dance that, like, he was a prolific talent for sure. But I think that there's, not, there's, there's nothing just wrong to say that, like, that, that experience at UNC helped him. You know what I mean? Prepared him for those big moments. Uh, but – you, you know, you got certain players that can make it to the league straight out of high school because they're just different. Like, there's no other way to categorize it. They just they look at, they look and they see the game in a way that a seasoned veteran does that already has the 10,000 hours under their belt. And they just don't come along that often. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where I sit on that one. I feel like if you're that good of a player and anybody who's willing to sort of tailor your experience and your, your coaching based off of whatever your maturity level is, you know, you, you find a way anyway. But I don't think yeah. those four extra years would have made that much of a difference in, in terms of his legacy. But maybe. 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 Maybe not. Maybe maybe it's just me being Sam. A 90. 90.63 <laughs> podcast host. All right. Hey, I man. Think, I think GPAs do don't matter. Sir, unless... <laughs> yeah, damn. damn right. Unless, unless, it's, uh, unless you pass the threshold and you have to pay for the class yourself, then it shit does fucking matter. 100%. Yes, this but, is true. This is true. Uh, and anything else to wrap us up here in this episode of the Stats Under Podcast? Nah, man. It's uh, it's fishing season. I am. Uh, I've been. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I caught my biggest fish ever uh, on a whim the other day. I went out. It was 75 degrees in Connecticut. So I decided to go out. I had a day off. Went out trekking. Uh, drove an hour and a half to a pond that still had ice on it. So that was cool. Turned on and uh, kept driving. Went to another one. Still had a sheet of ice on it. I should have known. The area I went in is routinely like 8 to 15 degrees colder. Uh, so on the way home. So that would have been like 60 degrees. So the fact that there was ice on it at 60 degrees 
you are like in this weird twilight zone area of the world, not Connecticut, the world. Well, it's 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 been it's it was like the thinnest. Like if I had thrown a heavy lure out there, I probably would have punched through it. But then I probably would have ripped my uh, line, okay, pulling no. it back through the light. Like, like it was I mean, like there was like the edges were on everything. Bit, and uh, yeah. well, it was point of the matter was I couldn't fish on it. So then I on my way home, I had this whole vision. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna go out in the morning. It's oh, the first boy, here we go. First day. I spoke to you, and you're gonna catch a fish, huh? No, no vision of like what my day was going to look like. I'm going to go out. I'm going to fish all day and I'll come home in time for ready to get off the bus. But uh, it was not to happen. I stopped at a brewery, hung out, grabbed some lunch, had a couple beers, decided to uh, make a quick pit stop at uh, a place I may or may not be allowed to fish. Uh, I've I've gone in there once or twice before and came out with like little baby guys. I was like, all right, just trying to get a line wet and maybe catch my first... Little fish of the, uh, little fish of the. Please, don't, please, please don't say that again. No, that's that's <laughs> that's what it is. Right, Just trying to get my line wet. Uh, <laughs> Put the explicit warning on this. On this yeah, yeah. So I I walk out to the edge, and uh, it's all like brush overgrown, and I'm like, all right, let's just see what we can do with this thing. And I see a tree has fallen over. And is like thick and sticking in the water. So I go up like an idiot and I'm I'm like balancing with one leg on the down tree. My leg up on the bank to kind of brace myself up against the tree that is still there. And I got a little a good little like casting motion out there. It's alright. And I get it out, I start pulling it in, and I kinda of slip a little bit. I'm like, ah damn. So I stop for a second. And I go to pull it up. And it doesn't come up. I'm like, ah, shit. I'm now I'm stuck on a log under the water. I must have caught like part of this tree. So I'm like, ah. So now I'm like trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this thing. And I go to give it another pull. Except this time, it like pulls back a little bit. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So I immediately yank on it, right? They, they say hook sets are free. So you just literally yank on the sucker. And it still barely moves, but starts moving on its own so it's like all right so i'm either on a tree and i'm lifting up a log out of the water so i'm gonna start reeling the sucker in and out of nowhere like jumping towards me out of the water is this mouth that i'm not kidding is the size of a softball it is massive uh i took pictures of it and posted it but i didn't take the right fish photo i literally just kind of held it up next to me you gotta like it was me fucking balancing on the edge of the water trying not to fall in because the water's barely got ice left on it and uh normally you would hold it up this thing was five and a half pounds and big enough that like my whole fist fit in its mouth to pull out the the hook uh it was the biggest fish i've ever caught i literally caught it about to fall in the water and then i ended up catching one about the same size like five minutes yeah. later so so good question season. for you yeah did you did you think that when you when you fell on the log and then you, and you got a hook did you think for a second like shit i've hooked the tree oh yeah especially when like when, when, when you when you set the hook and, and nothing nothing happened where you're like ah i got i got stuck in the trunk you know what i mean like, yeah yeah that... just snip this line and just, just let it go you know? it, it happens uh it happens sometimes it's a couple tricks you can get if you if you fish there's there's some ways to kind of like jiggle it loose depending on what kind of lure you have there's even uh I even got something in my tackle bag that's got a little hook on the, the, like an eye hook on the tip of it. And I fill it with water. You put it on there and you can just run it down the line. And usually it's enough to go down and kind of knock it out. So I was like, all right, well, let's get prepped for that. Because it, it, it ha- I mean, it happened like 35 minutes later when I went to a different spot. It kind of got hooked. But the way I pulled it, 
and that shit didn't move at all, I was like, oh, damn. But then when you start seeing that sucker swim a little bit, gets your heart rate going. But that thing was... So normally when you catch a fish and you hold it up, a normal bass, like your knuckle lands somewhere around where the fin is. The picture you ha you see on Facebook, my knuckle doesn't even go past the, like the bottom lip of its mouth. This thing is that big. It, it was no joke. Probably about two and a half feet long, about like this thick. Right now they're all they're they're all it's spawning season. They're all full of fucking baby fish and looking for places to lay eggs. So now's when you catch the biggest ones. But off to a good start. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you yeah, know, yeah. you never take you never take a bass. But uh, we may have uh, somebody who knows a lot more about fishing coming on and joining us at some point this season from a company called 100%. Six. A guy from uh, a company called Six Scale Fishing. They make some amazing products. They uh, they just came out with a line. Uh, for anybody who's a fisherman that's listening, they just came out with a really cool line. They call it the the Autism Reel, and it's uh, it's basically multicolored. It's got the little autism puzzle piece on it. They came out with a reel. They came out with a rod. The proceeds all go towards uh, like autism funds of of different kinds. It's very very cool. And right now they're doing. Uh, because they do direct online sales, they don't distribute to any of the box stores. They run these crazy sales all the time. So, like, right now they have, like, buy one, get one. You can go online and buy a reel, and you get a reel free. So, it's a good opportunity to kind of build up your collection a little bit. They do the same thing with rods periodically, too. They just kind of rotate them out. Uh, and then they got a couple projects in the works where they're moving a lot of their facilities from overseas down into Texas. And they have a new reel coming uh, it'll be their first fully U.S. produced reel um, that I bought into early on. It'll be like a $400 reel, but when I got into it, you got to do like these early purchases, and it was like 120 bucks or something like that. But hmm. I'm all in. I've got like six of their uh, six of their reels and a handful of their rods. So anybody looking to get into fishing, it's a great opportunity. They've got a lot of like really cost-effective ones. You can get, I don't know, two $40 reels for the, for the price of one right now if you wanted to get into it and try it out. Definitely Six. gonna have to give me the uh, give give me the deets. You know, shoot shoot me the website, and we'll go ahead and we'll put it at the bottom of the uh, of the Instagram post when we yeah. put it out. You know, I, we don't really have to put a hashtag ad because we're not, we're not getting paid by them. No, so. not getting paid. They're not a sponsor of any kind. It's just a company I really support. So, all right, all right, everybody. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Stats and Murder Podcast. Tim and I drinking IPAs. Fourth <sighs> coming back. Celtics are doing good. The Bruins are doing decent. And, uh, oh, shit, I guess, I, I, you know, the Moon Knight premiered today, right? So, like, I haven't seen that, that yet, my, but yeah. My Disney Plus, I thought, I thought my Disney Plus, like, expired, like, a couple weeks ago, but it didn't. I just, it just kicked me out because it, like, the, the app updated. So I just had to yeah. log back in. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah I, uh, like, I guess I get caught up. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, Balls Deep and Ozark. I watched the first season and then forgot. Again, and now I'm line, back into it. The things, probably, probably not the best, but yeah, Ozark. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're back. Yeah, uh, I'm season two, episode six right now, and it's so good. Such a good show. But, oh, Top Gun coming out. Oh, my God. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Here have you go. seen the Have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? Of course I've seen it. Tim, of course it's, I, I live in I live in North America, and I use Twitter. Yes, I've seen yeah, the trailer. Yeah, okay. Then what are you rolling your eyes for? Doesn't it look... Do you not have the nostalgia no. from Top Gun? No. Oh, my God. Why? Do you, do, are you one of those guys that hates Tom Cruise because he had the crazy couch jumping thing? 
<laughs> the crazy couch jumping thing. That's what you're going to say? This is a topic for another time, but no. Uh, that's not why. Uh, no, I just, it's, it didn't really, you know. Black Black Hawk Down is is my is my my aviation movie, not Top Gun. Black Hawk oh. Down, first of all, is not an aviation movie by definition because it's a helicopter that crashed into yeah. the ground and they had to go save very the pilots. Important. So very, if it's yeah, very important. So, while awesome while a great uh, so while it's a great aviation. story, maybe not aviation, but like a war type movie, right? Oh, that's same Private Ryan. What happened? Oh, well, I I mean, I don't. Dunkirk is is one A, bro. You know what I mean? It's over saving Private Ryan. Uh, Dude, we'll have to we'll have to discuss this at least. All right, the next podcast we're gonna put this together because there is no war movie <laughs> on the planet better than Saving Private Ryan because it still holds up. It's all practical effects. There's zero CGI, None. so you watch None. that. You know, you know what the best war movie ever made was? What? Ready for this? Starship Troopers. <laughs> I hate Sam. All right, we gotta go with that. We gotta go. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some war movies next time. We're gonna block out a whole segment. It'll be great. I will, and that whole segment will last like five minutes because you'll be like, "This this one time, say Private Ryan." I'll be like, "I don't want to hear it." Sam, it spawned a whole generation of video games. Did you not play yeah. Medal of Honor? I did. It's not a very good video game. <laughs> I need a new podcast host. <laughs> Send me your resumes. Uh, wow. Without that, we'd have... That's the matter. At yeah. Gmail.com. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, Let's my go. God. Yeah, I'm out of here. I got to go before we, we fight. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Oscar you in a second. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, no, no. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. All right. No. That's all, folks. All right. Later.